are the lab doctors. I'm Amanda. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Zhao Yong. We are biomedical researchers who realize we still have a lot to learn about science. So why not join us on this quest? everyone, welcome back to the podcast. On this episode of Today We Discuss, we will be talking about meat substitutes. In case you missed it, Today We Discuss episodes are the ones where we've already done our research and we are here to share what we have found. Okay, so why meat substitutes? Uh, I think Chao Yong sent me this graphic about uh, how each food type, like how much carbon emissions each food type takes to produce if you remember. Mm-hmm. And then like for beef, it was crazy, crazy high. And then that's when I stopped eating beef, right, which right. was quite a few months ago already. I think more than half a year ago. That's crazy. I cannot live without beef. That's what I thought also, because I used to love beef, but I was thinking, oh my goodness, it's so much more than pork or lamb or chicken or anything. It's crazy. Okay, so anyway, then one of the things that I like to eat, I guess, is burgers. I mean, I think most people like to eat beef burgers. Mm. So yeah, then there's these plant-based meats that are getting quite a lot of press nowadays. So I decided like, oh, maybe we should talk about it. Is it really better for us? And what is it made out of? And is it better for the environment? Because that's my that was where I started. Like that was the point I started. Right, right, right. Okay, so before we go into everything, why not we just talk about how plant-based meats are made and then followed by how lab-grown meats are made. Sure. So plant-based meats, let's go. Okay, so two of the biggest players for plant-based meats are Impossible Foods, which was founded in 2011, and Beyond Meat, which was founded in 2012. So people often confuse the both of them, and honestly I did too, because they both make plant-based burgers and had their start in California, and both have been funded by Bill Gates. Oh, is it? But yeah, <laughs> it's quite cool, because you know, Bill Gates is very into um, sustainability and everything, so I always thought, oh, which one is the one that is funded by him? And actually it's both of them, and then oh. both were started in the US, and then both makes, huh. like, both are well known for their patties, beef patties. So I, right, yeah, right, I always right. confuse them. <laughs> but anyway, what's the difference? So maybe we'll go into what is it made out of first. Mm. So Impossible Burgers are made out of proteins from soy and potatoes. They get their flavor from heme. Uh, this is like a molecule that makes meat taste meaty. And then the fat part of Impossible Burgers are from coconut and sunflower oils. And the thing that holds it all together, which uh, we will refer to as binders, are methylcellulose and food starch. Right. Mm. So those are the main components of Impossible Burgers. So Beyond Meat also have a similar makeup in terms of I mean, in terms of that they have a protein, they have a fat, um, they have the flavoring and the binders. Uh-huh. So Beyond Meats use similar binders, so methylcellulose and potato starch, but their main source of protein are peas, mung beans, faba beans, and brown rice. For the fats, they use cocoa butter, coconut oil, and canola oil. And what the company likes to emphasize that sets them apart is their flavors and colors are all natural. So whilst I said just now, Impossible uses heme, which is the molecule that makes meat taste meaty, Beyond actually uses a variety of natural extracts such as beet juice and apple. So from different uh, vegetables and fruits. And they also like to... Wait, I want to ask a question. Isn't heme like the natural one because it's from blood right which is in in real meats rather than like taking the coloring from other extracts okay so impossible food actually takes the heme from soy so it's like hemoglobin from soy Uh. yeah 
Oh, yeah. oh, does he yeah, mean? Yeah, I thought it was from blood. Oh, I always thought it's only in blood. Yeah, that's what I thought also, but yeah, like it's, it's from soy. That's what they say on their website. Right. Oh. And um, also, it's highly processed. So that's one of the things about uh, him in Impossible Foods. So mm. another thing that Beyond likes to say that sets them apart from Impossible is that they contain no GMOs, which I feel like the last one, people always sensationalize GMOs too much. Right. Because it's not like there is a blanket rule that all GMOs are bad. Because honestly, genetically modified crop and livestock are everywhere. So Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so as for how they're made, to put it simply, I'm going to quote this article on sciencemeetsfood.org. So both have a similar forming process where the vegetable protein undergoes great pressure and shear to form it into a texture that is similar to animal meat. So like I said just now, Impossible Foods has the additional step of adding the heme, which is from soy. So soy lick hemoglobin, which if, if, if you recall is what gives the meat its meaty flavor. I said that so many times. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so actually heme is not just from blood. And actually the heme from animal is uh, bad for you in terms of oh. inflammatory toxins, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh. the, so I'm not sure. I, I tried to find it, but I couldn't really find it. I'm not sure. If, I'm, I don't know if the heme from soy is better. So the last two companies that I'll talk about is corn and omni meat. So corn is Q-U-O-R-N, not corn as mm-hmm. in maize. Uh-huh. So beyond and impossible uh, for the beef, and then corn is the chicken, and then omni meat is the pork. So I know these companies don't only produce one thing, but that's just how I remember it because that's what they're most known for. I I feel at least, or oh, at least what I see okay, around okay. in the market. Right. So corn was actually founded in the UK, and all their products contain mycoprotein, which is derived from fungus, oh, right. and is either bound by egg albumin or potato protein. So potato protein makes the product vegan, whereas if you use egg albumin, then it's only considered vegetarian. Right. Yeah, okay. Okay, so then Omni meat is actually made from shiitake mushrooms, pea, soy, and rice. I thought you said like pea as in you. <laughs> yeah, I know when I said it. <laughs> pea as in P-E-A. <laughs> okay, yeah. and was actually founded in Singapore. Oh. And besides the, yeah, besides the all-famous mince pork, they also sell luncheon meat. So, and I could oh. go on and on, but I shall stop there for plant-based I'm very meat. confused because like corn just sounds like it comes from corn, like C-O-R-N. Yeah. And Why would they do that? Meat, I don't know. And omni meat is like, it's like omnivorous. I will feel like there's a mixture of both. But it's oh, right. pork. Yeah. Why do these companies have names that are so confusing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> yes, I didn't okay, search this cool. question. So I guess before I go on and on about plant-based meats, we should really talk yeah. about lab-grown meat and how it's made and what is even in lab-grown meat. Basically, I mean very briefly, um, lab-grown meat is the generation of complex structures of livestock muscle from cells. So everything still comes from originally, you know, either a cow, a chicken, a pig, mm. any other thing that humans eat, I guess. And so what exactly happens is a biopsy is taken from a live animal so that means that the animal doesn't necessarily die from the process Mm. 
but uh-huh. um, you just need a biopsy from the muscle and then it's like a small they, section of tissue skin uh, yeah. not skin meat tissue <laughs> yeah exactly tissue yes yeah, <laughs> sorry <laughs> so, um, so this muscle is then sheared to liberate the stem cells so stem cells are important because they have the ability to grow infinitely and also they can transform into different types of cells through a process we call differentiation the technical term differentiation and Mm. so you can get muscles fats and technically most tissues from stem cells i mean depending on the cell line but in general you can get quite a lot of different types of cells so then Mm. um, how they do this is to culture these cells in different types of media containing different types of nutrients hormones or growth factors and then to get muscle that is work because you know like muscle if it's like just fat cows and pigs just lying around it's actually not very tender so how they fix this is by growing the cells on this sponge-like scaffold and then uh, the fibers are mechanically stretched once in a while so you can get that kind of texture to increase content and to increase the size of the muscle wow so it's quite cool but what we have now lab grown meat is actually quite far away from real muscle because actual muscles are not only consisting of muscle fibers there's also blood vessels there's also nerves there's also connective tissue so they have kind of gotten a fat ratio with muscle that makes it appealing but Mm. um, they're to make it healthier and stuff like that. So they, they are considering actually reducing fat cells and the fat content in the lab grown meat so that it's healthier. But that's the thing, because these lab grown meats don't have all these other components yet, it doesn't really reflect the types of meat that is available because different types of meats, different types of cuts would have different amount of these contents and it's quite hard to replicate all these different meats and cuts at the moment. And yeah. but the startups are working on it, so it's it's kind of cool if you manage to get like a really replicated meat by just getting stem cells. It's amazing. And actually, one yeah. more thing is like the presence of things like uh, your mineral ions. Mm-hmm. They also need to be inside the vitamins or your metal ions like zinc, potassium, I don't know. Everything also right, needs right. to preferably be added inside to give you the right. nutrients you need. Yeah. And as compared to taking animal meat. Right, right. So, so that's another issue. But that's the thing, because currently they are saying those micronutrients are actually quite easy to, you know, inject into the system to get the system to produce these oh. uh, micronutrients. Oh. So in fact, um, they can tweak the levels of these micronutrients to make lab grow meat even more nutritious compared to normal meat. Mm. Yeah, so, so it's, it's that's that's the that issue. Is really growing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and making it taste nice. The The point is, the taste at this point, the texture at this point right. isn't there. Yeah. But mm. uh, currently, it's like nutrition-wise, there isn't really much to worry about it because, again, you can tweak all of these. Yeah. Mm. So that's most of what I want to talk about lab grow meat. So what exactly are the nutritional differences of plant-based meat versus normal meat? And I also talk about like the differences between lab grow meats, if there are any. Yeah. So first, let's talk about the difference between uh, plant-based meat as well as animal meat. Yeah. A paper published in Nature revealed that the key plant-based proteins utilized in plant-based meats provide total protein content that is on par with animal meat. Oh. Yeah, so it's actually the same. Yeah, The cool. amino acid profile, however, needs to be balanced. So perhaps by combining different ingredients that complement each other in terms of their amino acid profile. So there are factors that affect the nutritional value of plant-based meats. For example, some structures in plant proteins like tannins may decrease nutrient absorption 
On the other hand, certain processing techniques like soaking or heating may increase digestibility. In this same paper, they showed a nutritional data compiled by the Food Data Central. And this compared the animal-based meats, which includes pork, chicken, and beef, versus tofu, which is a plant-based meat. Okay. And they also compared this to a novel plant-based meat, which is the impossible mm-hmm. beef. Right. So they showed that the traditional plant-based meat versus the novel impossible meat do have nutritional, nutritional differences as well. Tofu has less calories, fat, and is sodium-free, while mm-hmm. the impossible meat included greater levels of protein and vitamin B12. And these may be more beneficial than the animal-based meat because they contain more dietary fibers and minerals and contain less cholesterol. Right. So like what we said, you know, we can tweak the nutritional value of this. Yeah, yeah. Not exactly. really affecting the taste, I would presume, that much. Yeah. As for lab-grown meat versus animal meats, Mm-hmm. So I have found a paper. Um, yep. it's very detailed and complex. They talk about <laughs> a lot of differences, but for today we're only t- talking about the nutritional differences. There's a lot of other things like the color, the texture, the taste, and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. But ultimately, whether it's nutritious for people who want to opt for this kind of meat. So there are small differences. One of it is collagen. Collagen is one of the scaffolding proteins needed for our skin to grow, and this is required in lab-grown meats as well to right. make them grow uh, like the normal meats that we eat. Right, right. But the degree of difference between the makeup of collagen is yet to be determined. Right. Other substitutes for collagen may also be used, such as plant-derived cellulose. As for fat, uh, the fat composition in meat coming from animals are dependent on many factors, right. like the age of the livestock, right. you know, uh, where they are, etc. Yeah. However, in lab-grown meats, Co-cultures, and so co-culture means like you grow two different cell types in the same yeah. flask or in the same petri right. dish. Yeah. yeah. So co-cultures with adipose stem cells can be used to add various fatty acids. Yeah. So adipose stem cells would produce your fat. Yeah. However, essential fatty acids such as linoleic or alpha-linoleic acid mm-hmm. and some fatty acids which synthesis depends on this process called biohydrogenation is too shimmery, occurs in cows or ruminants only. So they may be missing in your lab-grown meats. As for minerals like zinc and iron, they are not very abundant in the basal cell culture media that we use to grow these cells in the lab. Not much is known about the uptake of these minerals in lab-grown meats from the cell culture media itself. But like what we have been saying, you know, you can always add these things post-culture and not sure how this is done, actually. The paper I read said was they culture it in different media so that they can get these cells to produce all these micronutrients. Oh, so, okay. yeah, again, tweaking so the culture just, setup. It's not yeah. just injecting. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not, it's not. Okay. But uh, one of the things that I found quite interesting was this thing called creatine. So creatine mm-hmm. is the substance in the muscle that provides energy for muscle contraction and it has to be added to cultured meat as well. And the addition of more creatine would mean you can make more meat because it helps the meat to grow better and to simply put it, it helps the muscle to kind of expand. Mm-hmm. But there is a caution as to how much creatine is added in your cell culture to, cro- to produce a lab meat because in normal animal meat, creatine, when it's cooked, it would produce carcin- carcinogenic substances. Yeah, so it's right. not yet known like how much... Uh, creatine should be added into the lab-grown meat 
culture as well as whether we can lower this without compromising on the final product. Yep. So there's a lot of differences, although they should technically be the same. Okay, so I guess nutritional-wise, one could argue that plant-based meat may be slightly healthier than normal meat. So another thing that I always take into account was the environmental impact of these different meats. So I was just wondering, is it very different between um, lab-grown meat versus normal farm practices? I think the most common is beef, right? For lab-grown meat. Yep. Yeah. I think it's because beef has the highest carbon emission and like, takes the most land and clean water. So I, I read somewhere mm. that that's why people are more focused on trying to replicate beef because that will have the most environmental impact. But I'm not sure how true is that. I'll let you... Yeah, actually, you're quite spot on in that. So when you use lab go meat, you really only need like a facility right. and then you buy the ingredients. Yep. And then you can possibly set up the lab where water can be managed sustainably. Mm-hmm. And so less land for growing the cattle mm-hmm. would mean that you could use this land to maybe grow more crops I mean or like let just let the natural environment replace it but I mean <laughs> come on that's... let's admit it they're <laughs> yeah. not gonna let all this land go to waste they're gonna like develop it into some industry <laughs> yeah exactly so I don't know and the last argument would be like better for the welfare of animals because you use yeah. less animals. You're like killing less animals. So yeah. mm. I guess yeah. that's why people want cruelty-free kind of food. But the thing is like when you talk about lab-grown meats, we use the fetal bovine serum in our culture media. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's actually accurate to say it's animal-free. I don't know whether it's cruel when you take it out of the animal. Yeah, so... At this point, I think fetal bovine serum or FBS is still being used. But apparently, I was reading this review, they said that some labs have managed to eliminate the need for FBS already. So on Mm. a laboratory scale, it is possible. It's just whether or not they can translate this into an industrial scale. Oh, right. Right. So yeah, yeah, the the thing about lab-grown meats is I think the technology is still progressing. Mm. And so... At this point, these things, I mean, what Dorothy is saying and what we all mentioned is still true, but like moving forward, you know, uh, it might become better. I, I was listening to this podcast and the reaction was along the lines of, ew, you get the blood from the baby cow? That's so disgusting <laughs> and so cruel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I said... At this point, I, I feel like there just aren't that many good substitutes for mm. it, which is sad. To grow but cells? Yeah, that's that's science for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for now. Lab go meat isn't exactly vegan uh, per se. It's, it will never be right, vegan right, because yeah. it still contains animal... Stem cell. Yeah. But actually, when I was researching, I found more negative things about lab-grown meats yes. rather than the best this bits. The, and same, this is what I wanted to know. So what the lab-grown meat activists, or whatever you call it, like the lab-grown meat, the people who favour lab-grown meats, they are saying yeah. that the downsides of farming animals would be because they produce a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. Right. Different websites give you different numbers, but the one I found was a quarter of greenhouse gas emissions come from mm. farming of animals. So right. example of this greenhouse gas is methane from a cows yeah. or where you get your beef from, and these would drive up global temperatures. And if you convert the land um, for pasture for the cows to graze, and you know you need to also produce animal feed, all this would produce more greenhouse gas emissions. Right. However, a study done by the Oxford Martin School looked at the long-term impacts of climate on lab-grown meat versus meat from the cattle. 
and they argued that previous studies tended to look at emissions from cattle and converted them into the carbon dioxide equivalent. Yeah. However, they are saying that this may not be accurate because methane and nitrous oxides yeah. have different impacts on the environment yep, as yep. compared to carbon dioxide. So for per tonne admitted, methane has a larger warming impact than carbon dioxide. Yeah. However, methane only stays in the atmosphere for about 12 years, whereas carbon dioxide persists for like... A very long time. A very, very long time. So you can't yeah. really compare them, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's not an apples-to-apples apples mm. argument because exactly. it's different types of gases. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they are just converting everything into carbon dioxide because that's how we yeah. measure. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, when you when you use when we we know like because we are in a lab, right? We use a yeah. lot of energy. We use like you need to heat up a lot of things. Mm. Need to keep a lot so of things warm. These, yeah, you need to keep yourselves warm and right, everything. Right, right. And things like organic or chemical molecules, they can just be flushed into the water. We don't right. really know. Yeah. Things mm. like growth hormones and factors, uh, and and growth factors, we sometimes also like just flush them down the the sink. Uh-huh. Not that we can't do it; it's not harmful. So we just flush them down and I don't know you know whether these in the long run have any impact on the water sources right right because we also assume that the water gets removed in a very safe way yeah but what yeah. if you know the water actually leaks into the environment or something yeah yeah, yeah, I would say it's really bad. Know. It's more like, is it processed properly after that? Yeah, at this point, I think the technology is still very much in its infancy stage, you know? Yeah. It's not yeah. really that scalable yet. For lab-grown meats. I like how the vice president of Memphis Meat, I don't know how to pronounce okay. it correctly, but yeah. this meat company, they actually said that the current goal of lab-grown meats is to augment and not to disrupt. So it's really to supplement or to complement right. uh, current farming yeah. rather than to replace it. Yeah. Actually, the for plant-based yeah. meat, right? So for the beef one, so Impossible and Beyond, actually the core of both yeah. these companies' mission is for sustainable food systems. So if you actually compare it to oh. meat from animals, Impossible Burger production uses 87% less water, 96% less land, and produces 89% mm. fewer greenhouse gas emissions. Right. Whereas Beyond boasts using 99% less water, 93% less land, 90% fewer greenhouse gas emissions, and uses 46% less energy. Okay. I mean, for someone like me, who is thinking about the environment in terms of trying to make choices of what I eat, I think personally, I would veer towards the plant-based meat versus the lab-grown meat. Mm. Mm. So also, in terms of taste, I've never tried lab-grown meat before. I don't Same. know if you all have ever had access to that. Mm, no. Because it's no. not as... Yeah. yeah, not as wide-scale production. Whereas these companies have been around for 10 or more years already. So I think that's why they are more like everywhere. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you all think about the taste and would you switch to uh, plant-based meat or lab-grown meat? I heard that there are certain food places, I don't know if it's true, they slip in a bit of the impossible meat or something like that, like plant-based meat or I don't know if lab-grown meats, they slip mm-hmm. a bit of it into the real animal meat and okay. then we just eat it like that and I wouldn't know because it tastes the same oh. to me. And that but reduces isn't it more expensive though? I have no idea. I, I just heard huh. of it, I don't know where I hear it from, but... If that is true, I mean, I would, I wouldn't mind if it helps them economically or whether it's really more sustainable. I would just eat right. it because it tastes the same, as yeah. long as it doesn't increase the price of my food. 
Yeah, I think that's the biggest factor for me. I mean, like, I'm all for changing up the meats because um, I, I wasn't a very big beef eater to start off mm-hmm. with. So taking that out of my, you know, uh, what's that word? Diet? Palate. Oh. <laughs> foods that I consume uh-huh. isn't really that big an issue and so like eating plant-based meat I, I don't see that big a problem with that my issue is the cost because right now I don't know for yes. stuffed it has the impossible burrito and it's like a good sometimes one or two dollars more I think I can't remember Only? please don't Please don't come and <laughs> me we, Remember like we, there yeah. was once we went to our friend's house and we ate the... Mm. What was it? Love, Love Handles. Love Handles. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's beyond it. That's uh, impossible. Yeah. Or oh, impossible meat. Yeah. Okay. To it be was... fair, I really like beef. Yeah. Uh, not really. Like I don't like wagyu that much. But I, I can't wow. eat without beef. <laughs> okay. I, I guess between the three of us, I like beef. The, I like meat the most. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I hate vegetables the most. Uh, I felt that that was actually quite nice. Like, I would yeah. eat it if not for the price. Like, why yeah. would I pay more for... F- to me, it's fake meat. Right. So, I wouldn't. For now, I guess it's a premium for your beliefs, you know. It's like you want to be more sustainable or <laughs> yes. you want to be more whatever. It's that premium that you have to pay love, with everything, you know. It's like if you want to be healthier, yeah. you need to pay more, which is sad. I, I don't really know why. <laughs> Yeah, I guess because the economies the case, of skill is not really there yet, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and there just isn't a demand for it. So. Not here, at least. Maybe in the US. Yeah. I think it's more accessible and there are more competitors coming up and stuff. So it might yeah. create that uh, demand and the, you know, like the, like re- remove the monopoly so that everything will be more affordable, maybe. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I think in uh like countries like Singapore yeah. and Malaysia, like maybe not as much yeah. yet, but there definitely is yeah. like more and more coming up. Yeah. So I mean personally I would switch. Mm. Because right now I've I, I have, how long yeah, haven't you eaten beef? You haven't eaten beef in almost two years, right? Yeah, wow. I haven't eaten beef in a very long time. You know there was one time we went to Jack's place right. and and the beef was like Jack's is famous for their steak and the beef was like uh-huh. 50% off or something like that it was yeah. like and none of us could eat and it and none of us ate beef except me <laughs> and I was like what's going on we came here for beef <laughs> but I think it's because our lab is like either religion or beliefs right? yeah. which oh, right, I guess right, right. can be the same thing <laughs> so. I just ate the beef by myself <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then again like okay to be fair this, that time we ate the chicken nugget yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. at our friend's place and honestly yeah. I didn't really like it okay, on first bite and the smell it was like oh this really smells like chicken nugget yes. but the aftertaste of like chewing and after chewing and everything I, I really didn't like it and I'm sorry but like it's not there for me As in, it, it's remember like, what brain. It, it's very to me the experience is very similar to combat rations <laughs> oh. from your initial bite of the food it tastes like food and you think it's food but then subsequently as you eat more of it then you realise hey this might not actually be food I think <laughs> so okay I, I think for me right actually in, like my whole experience with plant-based meat impossible foods have come a long way so the first time I tried it was a few years ago yeah and it was uh, impossible beef patties in sliders and it was like like you all say tastes like fake meat you can taste the difference yeah. like to me it tasted like corned beef not really minced meat. Right, 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 right. Like luncheon meat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit. But I feel like nowadays more and more restaurants are figuring out how to cook it and what yes, herbs agreed. to add and what spices to add and everything to make it taste like beef. So I've actually tried quite a few burger places that uses impossible meat and it tastes 
almost as good as beef burgers. Or maybe because I haven't eaten it in a long time. I'm to me, <sighs> this is this is good enough. I I can just have this for the rest of my life since I haven't since I'm not eating not really eating beef anymore. Yeah. Right. I guess mm. that's the trick, is to just cut it out of your system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I never thought I would be able to cut beef ever. If you told me yeah. five, oh. even three years ago, <laughs> I would never. But now that I've done it for, yeah, almost a year, I'm like, oh, that's so good. It's, yeah, but anyway. Yeah, as in for now, because the technology is most, like, is the best for beef, right? So for me, because I already don't eat beef all that much, so it's not something that I absolutely miss mm. so compared to you know something like chicken or fish that already generally doesn't really have that big an environmental impact not as much I'm as like, beef oh yeah least. i would just go for chicken or fish yeah, yeah. or just vegetarian straight yes up. vegetarian we've been eating yeah. vegetarian like the rest of us in the lab <laughs> <laughs> i've been eating vegetarian <laughs> maybe once or twice every week like weekdays in yeah, yeah. just yeah like last time when i was with y'all i just i was just like just do whatever i want they were they were like order all the vegetarian food and i'll be like i'm just gonna order my own stuff <laughs> It's so good though. No, but it's fine. That's yeah, the thing. it's fine. Like yeah, I, I if, wouldn't if, force it on anyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I guess to summarize, it's like plant-based is quite good. In terms of the environmental impact, I think plant-based meat is definitely beats animal products out of the water. But in terms of lab-grown yeah. meat, I, I'm not so sure about whether the environmental impact is much less or better than uh, normal cow rearing and cattle rearing and stuff. But as technology progresses, it might become better. Mm, yeah. So mm. like don't count it out yet kind of thing. Right. Yeah, it's good to have the information. And if you're interested, you can definitely check out some of the links that we'll be posting in the sh- uh, episode description. So you can find right. out more about mm. these things. And as usual, follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel. A like and a comment would really help us out. You can also follow us on our social media, Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Feel free to DM us any questions. Alternatively, you can email us at thelabdoctors at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. We would really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.